Our deepest desire is to know that we are worthy, worthy of loving and being loved. This podcast explores how to love, how to love fiercely, and how to be guided by the heart and trust in the most powerful energy in the universe, love. Our task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within ourselves that we have built against it. Welcome to What Would Love Do? Thanks for listening. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 10. Thank you so much for joining me again today and thank you for the generosity of your space and listening. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm so grateful and so honoured that you're making time to hear these thoughts and ideas on um, on love. So uh, today's episode, episode 10, I thought I'll talk about this concept of bringing the joy. I love that line, right? You can always bring the joy. So this is something I learned from Brendan Bouchard, who's uh, one of the world's top motivation coaches and leadership coaches. Um, so the name is Brendan Bouchard. I recently read his book, uh, High Performance Habits, um, phenomenal book, and he's got a great uh, podcast. Um, so yeah, check him out if you're looking for something new to read. So Brendan shares this concept. Uh, well, it's not a concept, but I guess it's a mantra where he says you can always bring the joy. And I read about this or I heard about, the, like I heard the mantra from Brendan when um, I was a new mum. And I'm like, I love that. You can always bring the joy because normally during that first stage of parenting, you can easily be bogged down by the unnecessary stuff, you know. And so I made a really conscious choice to, hey, choose joy, choose to bring the joy. And now whilst, um, you know, it's really great to be positive and be really, you know, have um, a really infectious energy run through you and bring the joy, I also was thinking about, you know, well, what? How, how do you bring the joy, or how do you, um, I guess, be conscious of bring the joy to other people if they're not so much in that state? And so I think when we talk about bring the joy, or being able to tap into an energy force that is light and beautiful, when we can when we are either feeling down or consumed with concerns, worry, guilt, um, disappointment, um, or maybe someone else that's in our life that is at that state, like how do we consciously bring the joy without having them or having ourselves feel invalidated? So I think there's something that's really important where, you know, we've got to acknowledge and meet where we are at or meet where another is at. Because fundamentally, every single human being, and I, you know, this is a practice that I remind myself that every single human being wants to be seen, heard, and know that their being matters. Like we want to feel seen for who we are. 
and acknowledged for who we are and for everything about us, like, you know, that the things that don't work or the things that we are um, struggling with, we want to know that we are not judged by that or hindered by that, not only for ourselves and our relationship with ourselves, but we want the people that love us. They can see our wholeness beyond the things that we're struggling with. And in the moments where it's challenging, you know, like let's say uh, we're facing disappointment or we're facing stress or we're facing a challenge, how do we bring the joy? As much as the the joy is bringing the joy, you don't want to be able to invalidate what is going on emotionally um, and, you know, what yeah, what is going on emotionally because emotions actually dictate your your physiology emotions actually determine how your cells are reacting to it so even if you like you know if there is an emotion that's there let's say that's disappointment or that's frustration or um you know any kind of negative or what we call a negative emotion and i say hey bring the joy and alter your state without understanding how to do that with compassion um, or how to do that with, you know, without the false bravado or saying to yourself, I'm going to fake it till I make it because that just doesn't work like that. You know, you can bring the joy, but then the, the emotion still lodged in your body. And equally, like let's say, for example, when someone is feeling sad and disappointed or um, and they're coming to you to confide in you, or they're dealing with something, and you're and you can't be with that space, you can't be with their vulnerability, and so you're trying to make them feel joyful. That doesn't work either. So I think there's a real delicate balance on, or maybe not a delicate balance, but it's an inquiry or a mastery and going, well, you know, what is joy? Let's understand the energy. How can we bring the joy in any kind of moment without invalidating what's happening and we can acknowledge what's happening, but as well as being able to shift our energy and shift our emotions so that we can authentically feel the joy. And I think this is really possible. And so I think, and joy is infectious, you know, you can always bring the joy. And even when you are, you know, like when when you're really sad and upset or frustrated, it is always possible to tap into that energy of joy. And I think this is probably where um, Brené Brown does this really uh, beautifully. So Brené Brown is a researcher and she researches on, I guess, human behavior. And she has this uh, incredible TED Talk that, you know, that altered many lives, including mine. And it's called The Power of Vulnerability. She's also the author of a, 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 like a few books called Daring Greatly and Rising Strong. And it's all about vulnerability, courage, living wholeheartedly, um, and being able to, you know, I guess, resolve that and understand how to be brave and how to live a brave life. So in one of Brené Brown's interviews, she says that in her wallet, she has the names of five people. And these five people are 
the only people that she will go to to be able to feel what well, she would go to when she is dealing with something. Um, and so these are the five people that she entrusts with her heart, right? So if she's feeling down or discouraged, challenged, she she will only talk to these maybe it's seven, I'm not sure, but it's a, it's a small list of people that she will go to in trusting that their space and their exchange of energy is what is needed to, to evolve, to expand and to transform. So in bringing the joy when we are challenged or in bringing the joy to another when we they've entrusted us with their, you know, with their vulnerability and I I think I personally bring so much gratitude um, when another human being can share with me their heart and share with me what's going on because not only are they stepping outside of themselves, they're like tapping into that incredible energy of vulnerability and courage and they're entrusting me with that. I don't take that lightly and I feel so grateful that they can do that. So, when let's say they're challenged by something, I hear their greatness. I hear that they're sharing it with me from their greatness, not from where the circumstance is, but from their greatness, from this incredible ability to go head on with their vulnerabilities. So how I bring the joy to a situation where they're challenged is firstly, I've got to like meet them where they're at and acknowledge that what they're feeling is absolutely perfect for that moment in time and that there's nothing wrong with how they're feeling or what they're doing. And to be able to create that space, you know, that gentle space, that space of compassion, that space of acceptance, then we can both move through these spaces and equally learn and expand with each other through this space because when the the gift, the gift of another human being opening their heart up to us is that we both expand and we're both growing and we're both evolving um, through these spaces together. So when let's say I'm stuck and I'm challenged and I'm facing disappointment or fear or worry, I'll only turn to a very select few, um, I guess, special human beings that I have the privilege and honour of calling friends in my life and I trust that they can meet me where I'm at they won't invalidate me. And through that exchange, through that acceptance or calmness and compassion, joy eventually arises. You know, I can then laugh, maybe laugh about it. They can like joke about it. And it's almost like this new, like the the old energy or the energy that is of judgment, discouragement, is then transformed and evolved to and bubbles up to be shifted and transformed to the energy of joy. However, it's, you know, it's it's almost being able to be 
to have a great awareness and understanding of spaces within ourself and also with the other human being. Uh, something I want to be able to share about, like, I guess, on how I've used bringing the joy and and having it as a practice or, or um, having it manifested in real life, I guess, is um, I can share a personal experience. Uh, so a few years ago I had um, a car accident and it was my it was a it was a second car accident. Um, in two thousand and five, I had a major car accident where I fell asleep at the wheel, and my brother was in the car. Um, so when I fell asleep at the wheel, the car crashed into a telegraph pole. The telegraph pole snapped in half. There were electrical wires all over the car, and my femur had snapped up against the steering wheel. Now, on impact, what happened was then the femur snapped in four places and um, as a result, I had to have a rod and two screws that were placed in my body to help the leg recover. So then in 2015, now here's the thing with trauma, trauma lives in your body. So what happened at that accident was that even though well, what was lucky was that I fell asleep at the wheel. So then my body was quite relaxed. So then on impact, um, my body wasn't tense and it's probably helped a lot more in terms of the recovery. However, post-accident, the body remembers trauma. So the body is kind of in this heightened state of wanting to be prepared for the next accident or thinking that an accident is coming along. So the body then is in this state of stress. Now, on the outside, it may not have looked like I was stressed. I mean, I certainly didn't feel stressed. Like when I say feel, it was probably because my body then altered us to a state that that was a new norm. <clears throat> and so um, with this new norm was this experience that <clears throat> an accident, you know, may be coming. Now, how this would be demonstrated is, you know, um, whenever I was in a car and I was in the passenger seat um, and then, you know, uh, someone broke suddenly or, you know, the driver broke suddenly or something happened, like there would be like this incredible shock that gets sent through my whole body and my heart, I can feel my heart beating faster and I can feel um, my nervous system go in overdrive. Um, yeah, it's, and, and it's instant. So it's, it's a little bit crazy. So then anyway, that was like my normal, my new normal state. I didn't think that I could do anything about it, but it just, what, what, what was, um, so then in 2015, I was re-ended, um, in another car accident. And even though this car accident wasn't as major as the first car accident, but my, however, the body that was in this car accident was already at a state of stress. So then what I learned was that it was holding in more tension and so therefore it's like tighter. So then on impact, the body tenses up and so it probably, like, you know, the body probably reacted, um, yeah, like with more tension and more stress. And as a result, you know, uh, a few years ago I found out well, I started getting these, these, um, this reaction of 
pins and needles in my arms and legs. I couldn't sleep. Um, but what was really sad about this second car accident was that uh, I was also pregnant at the time and we lost the baby. And we lost the baby because of, you know, obviously a number of things. Um, but one of them, I think, was the body was just really stressed uh, because of as a result of the accident. So then the thing was, you know, it's so easy to be able to think because my body's this way or because of these physical conditions, uh, you can be a victim of that. So for the last few years, I've, you know, from, uh, as a result of, I guess, the the combination of both accidents and how it's played out, um, I had a spinal cord injury. Um, your cervical spine, which is the, the spine area in your neck, um, holds and stabilizes the spinal cord that's starting from your brain all the way down to the rest of your body. And the spinal cord, like that's spinal column, what we call the cervical spine, that part where that's the neck is made up of what we call disc and the vertebrae. So the vertebrae is like the bony part and the disc is like the soft cushiony part, if you can imagine, and there's a disc in between each vertebrae. So one of the discs, well, actually, I think there's like about two of them, but one of them was majorly, um, you know, it altered its way on how it regenerated. And what happened was because of the impact, the body now is in shock because of the, as a result of the accident, the body's in shock and the body is doing the best that it can to be able to absorb that shock. And how my body responded and how that cervical disc responded and reacted to that shock was that it kind of compressed down. So it made itself broader. Um, so you can imagine, imagine like a marshmallow and then it squashed it down because it the body thinks that that's the best way that it can what it can do to stabilize the movement in the neck and what was happening as a result of that accident now imagine when you squash this marshmallow you know you, you imagine a marshmallow and it's like squashed down and it's broader so then it then hits onto the spinal cord and then it causes spinal cord damage so based on the MRIs that I had, there was spinal cord damage and the doctors, um, these surgeons mentioned that I had to have surgery, like really urgent surgery. So what they wanted to do was be able to take the disc out and replace it with um, an artificial cage, like a metal cage, and then they fuse it together. And anyway, it <laughs> doesn't really matter. But ultimately there was this physical condition that uh that manifested and this physical condition caught like you know I wasn't able to sleep and there were things that I felt really fearful of however you know I often thought about it and on the outside I didn't I, I didn't want that to define me I didn't want that to be I didn't want to be a victim of it you know it just was a condition but it didn't mean that it robbed me of the joy that I could bring to life it didn't mean like you know the condition had no I guess I did the best of my ability to practice bring the joy to an external circumstance that just what is. And it's so easy for a human being to wallow or feel like a victim or feel like an external circumstance can define you, whatever it may be. It may be that, you know, 
let's say you, you you lost a job or you lost a house or you were made redundant or there's a breakup or there's a I don't know something a divorce or something traumatic or challenging has happened I think if we aren't whole for ourselves if we don't value who we are as a being or value our heart it is actually really difficult to bring the joy and then we collapse our self-worth or we collapse who we are based on what is happening however what is happening is just what is happening but it has nothing and it doesn't define who we are unless we allow it unless we allow that part to define us unless we give permission for that to define us however who we are has nothing to do with what is happening and I'm not saying that as a bumper sticker or as a cliche but being able to be able to rise above our circumstances and have a look at the circumstance and go okay what is this teaching me how can I see this situation with gratitude how can I see this situation with love and what is it that's needed to bring the joy to this circumstance and this situation because what you focus on expands and if we focus on how dismal the situation is, how unlucky we are, how horrible it is and we're continuously, I guess, living in those emotions like negative emotions and based on the narrative that we say about what's happening, that's one way to live but I don't think that's what we want. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of creating our own trap. It's kind of creating our own cage. However, we are – I love this line from – Invictus, which is to be the master of my fate and the captain of my soul. And it is a personal mantra of mine. And I, you know, I use it to empower me. So when I'm going through this situation where, you know, I've had the miscarriage um, and had this accident, well, one thing I did was one, I had to allow myself to feel the the grief and feel the despair of the miscarriage but I owned that energy I owned that space I didn't want to be able to you know I didn't want to hold it in as in block it because then it lives in your body like trauma lives in your body so you actually have to release it because energy needs to move through like emotion needs to move through your body so I allowed myself to to grieve uh, to be sad um, to be upset without any judgment, you know, with just a pure space of compassion and love. Now, you may be hearing um, the little toddler, Avery, in the background. Um, so anyway, that's my beautiful little boy. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, when I was going through the miscarriage, it was I, I made sure that the space, I had to find the right people who I could entrust that could handle what I was going through um, and there's very few people that I think can actually meet your vulnerability where it's at and what I mean by that is when you are vulnerable you don't want to be concerned about how someone else is feeling or how they're dealing with your vulnerability you know that they are seeing greatness in you and that they are not defining what's happening to you 
but rather they are only speaking to your heart and speaking to that greatness within you so that that space, um, you know, you both can move through that space together and that they're sending generosity and you can also be able to, I guess, let go and move through something that's challenging and it's free from judgment. It's just a space of compassion and joy. And somehow, when, and when I say joy, I don't mean it has to be this high positive energy all the time. It could be just the joy of knowing that someone else is there for you and that someone else loves you unconditionally. And that is so, you know, that's just so magical. So as I was going through the miscarriage, I really made sure and brought awareness to owning my emotions, seeing it with compassion, no judgment, and also being able to, you know, share that experience with a few of the human beings in my life that are so special and dear to me. And I, you know, what I learned was go, how do I see the joy in this? And I saw that there was some divine perfection that's going on, you know, the most amazing thing that came out from so at this stage I now had two miscarriages the most beautiful lesson that I learned from the miscarriage is that you know to let go of attachment um I remember going through it and going you know if we were blessed to be parents and if I was blessed to have the opportunity to be a mother it is a blessing as opposed to something that had to be done something that I had to do to define me, but rather it was a blessing. And when I made peace with that, um, you know, less than a few months later, uh, Avery chose to stay. And Avery is, uh, for those that you don't that, that don't know, is um, now two and a half. And uh, I was really grateful to be able to, you know, we're really grateful to have Avery choose us as parents and decided to stay. But the blessing of that second miscarriage, the joy that that second miscarriage brought or brought, 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 sorry, I sometimes get, I'm nervous and then I'm like mixing my words. But the joy that arised from that was knowing that I'm already whole and that, you know, it is a real honor to be a parent should I have had that opportunity. And the magic or the blessing that that second miscarriage brought along with it was that I brought so much more consciousness and awareness to crafting my experience of motherhood, which wouldn't have been available if, um, you know, the, the pregnancy stayed. Um, so then now moving on from the pregnancy, there was this condition, right? Like this spinal injury that, you know, was pretty horrible to live with. Um, but the thing was, I think it allowed me to be really grateful, to tap into that energy of gratitude that I still had my body, that I still had two arms, that I still had two legs, that I had a beating heart, that I had lungs where I can breathe, that I could still see. And so I was just grateful for what I had and brought joy to what I had rather than focused on what I didn't have. And you know, in bringing the joy, I believe we're giving ourselves permission to dance and breathe in the magic that is living, to see life as this wonderful gift and to be able to 
know that anything that comes in our lives, whether it's a beautiful conversation, a beautiful interaction with another human being, um, anything and everything, the the magic of tasting amazing ice cream or traveling, that we can be grateful for every experience that enters. And there's always something to be grateful for. There's always something that it's teaching us. There's always something that is an opportunity to expand and to evolve and to tap into that energy of love because joy makes love. Like joy is one of the energies that contribute to what it is to love. And joy is wholeness. You know, so bring the joy has been like this incredible mantra that I've adopted from Brendan Burchard. And so whenever I'm down or whenever there's a challenge that is that I'm facing, I'm like, okay, how can I bring the joy? Like, what does joy look like? What would joy do? Um, and the thing is joy is infectious and it is always possible to bring the joy. It may not mean that we're in a high energy kind of joy, but it may mean it's like that quiet joy, that quiet stillness that we find in our hearts for gratitude and the joy of just knowing that we, that this, this thing that's entered into our lives, whether it's a challenge, that it's an opportunity to grow and we can see joy in that. You know, in bring the joy, I think it's a practice as well of being able to honour the space, on being able to see ourselves where we're at, accept ourselves for where we are at, to feel, to acknowledge ourselves, to to know that we are worthy of being seen, heard, loved, and valued. And when we can acknowledge that within ourselves. We can then create that space for another human being because there's nothing more beautiful than having another human being, seeing who they are, being felt, being heard, and knowing that they are loved just for who they are despite their circumstances or despite what's going on. Um, and that's a really beautiful gift to be able to give someone and also receive. So, uh, yeah, so today I just thought I'd share some thoughts on bring the joy. So whatever you're going through, um, know that you have the power to always bring the joy and that joy is possible and joy is something that is an energy field that allows you to move through something, allows you to expand. So know that you're worthy of joy. Know that you can give yourself permission to feel joy and know that joy lives within you and it's just waiting to be unleashed. So thank you for listening for me to me today. I really hope that this inquiry and this thought or this lesson uh, has been of value to you. Please share with me, contact me, what your thoughts are. Always love to hear from um yeah, from from you because it makes the the conversation so much richer. Um, and I do have a few uh, interviews and conversations lined up. I've just got to make time to um, record them and lock them in. And I can't wait to share with you these conversations with these incredible human beings that are just opening up their hearts and sharing their journey of love and discovery. So thank you. Have an incredible day. Have a beautiful day. Sending so much love and as always, really grateful for your time and attention. Take care. Bye.